Hello and welcome to the Yoga Life Podcast with your host, me, Kevin Boyle. This podcast is one about yoga and one about life. And before I get going into introducing my guest, let me take you through a few events I've got coming up in chronological order. So the first one, well, Heels Overhead, that's sold out. That's August 31st. You can still join the waiting list for that. It's a handstand workshop in Greystones. The next one is Dan Morgan, an audience with live podcast in Yoga Hub in Camden Court. Now, this is a free event. There's about 26 people booked in. I've upped it to 30. So the few spaces left, if you want to grab your ticket, you can. It's free. Also, the retreat I have coming up in September 13th is... We've had two people cancel at the last, well, not pretty much last moment. So there's two spaces left for that. That's going to be in the Wicklow Mountains for over a weekend on September 13th. And the final thing is the other Heels Overhead workshop, which is in Sligo, in Salt and Soul. This has only just been announced last week. That's on 14th of December. And there's loads of spaces because it's just been announced. All that information can be found on my website, kevinboyyoga.ie. This podcast is brought to you by Small Changes. Small Changes are an eco-friendly, organic, whole food store based here in Dublin, Ireland. They offer products, food, things for the house. I get my stuff from there a lot. Um, and uh, they also offer refillables, so you can go in and you can refill your laundry detergent whatever you need to refill you can refill it in small changes you can visit their website smallchanges.ie and go along feel free to tell them that kevin sent you if you enjoyed this podcast i'd really appreciate if you share it with your friends or with your family via your ig stories Uh, also leave a review on itunes because that really helps if you leave a five star review it gives me more visibility or so i hear and uh, I really appreciate the reviews. It's really cool. I, unfortunately, I have no way of replying back to you. So, um, yeah, but thank you if you've left a review. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest, Liz Costigan Fleury. Liz was a guest on the podcast back in the Dizay. So, this was episode 16, which was like September last year. And uh, since then, she's had two babies, twins. And so, a lot has changed for her. And um, that journey um, was challenging for her. So I hope that this podcast helps. I hope you find it interesting for a start. And maybe it helps you if you're thinking about becoming a parent or you are a parent. And, uh, you know, because uh, it's, a, it's a big undertaking. So Liz is lovely. I wish I had longer to talk to her, but she had to go and get her eyebrows done. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Here's Liz. eyebrows done <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing they haven't been done in six weeks and it's like really bad okay thanks for inviting me into your lovely home you're welcome yeah you're very welcome i'm on the road you couldn't come to me because you're busy aren't you um just a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> traveling is a little bit harder now than it was this time last year why is that 
I had two babies. Oh, I see. Oh, wow. <laughs> At the same time. Pretty much within one minute of each other. Yeah. Yeah. I have twins. Yeah. Two little boys. Nice one. And what age are they? So officially they were born on the 9th of May. So they're 14 weeks. But um, they were supposed to be born on the 31st of July. So they're actually only three weeks corrected. Is how okay. they say it. So, so how are you going to work the birthday then? They'll get one birthday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they'll think they'll get two, but they'll get one. May 9th. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been a bit crazy. What's it like to be a mother? Oh, because I'll never know. I know, you'll never know. But um, look, it's probably, it's very early days to ask, to ask that question. But to be fair, people say that you're a mother, you know, once you conceive. And mm. I didn't feel like that. Um I spent probably the first couple of weeks of my pregnancy a little bit overwhelmed, um, overwhelmed at being pregnant, um, even though we we had been trying, um, overwhelmed at having twins and how things were going to change. Um, so I didn't feel that instant, I'm going to be a mom, I'm going to be this earth goddess, you know, <laughs> I just didn't. Um, about 14 weeks into the pregnancy, my good friend Kitty McGuire said to me, you need to go to Uma's workshop. Uma, 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 Uma Dins- Dinsmore Tooley. She's amazing. Excuse me. Yeah, that's a name. Uma Dinsmore yeah. Tooley. No, okay. I'm probably pronouncing it. She well. Irish? No, she's English, and her husband is Indian. Okay. So she's um, womb yoga, feminine divine, all of the pregnancy yoga. She's just an amazing woman, and she was doing a pregnancy yoga teacher training in London which was back in February where I was about 14 weeks pregnant. Mm. So I went to that and spent a week there on my own, um, just completely immersed, a room of 40 women, 22 of whom were pregnant, (laughs) and left there feeling like that earth goddess mama, like just, (laughs) I am a rock star. Um, It was brilliant because I suppose she really helped us to embrace the fact that we were stronger. I used to always think that being pregnant meant you couldn't do certain things and you were weaker because you weren't able to do as much as before or you Mm. were restricted um and so that was a negative thing where she really helped us to embrace and kind of you know um look into that side that the strength that comes from being from being slower from being from resting more um that incredible feminine side that we all have um embracing that rather than you know power and strength comes from being busy and you know the faster you go and the more Mm. you do the better you are that actually you know there's a huge amount of strength in slowing down there's a huge amount of strength in letting go Mm. so it was incredibly therapeutic cathartic amazing for me so that was week 14 of my pregnancy which is about four months in and um I really enjoyed the next couple of weeks and then sadly my waters broke at 23 weeks which is really bad news um Mm. because your babies aren't what they call viable, which is a horrible word. word. Mm, yeah. Sounds, yeah. Yeah. So you've got, you know, just awful statistics and, and whatnot. Um, so I spent five weeks in hospital holding the babies in bed rest for Yogi Runner Spinny Liz. Can <laughs> Jesus you imagine? Christ. Yeah, it was really hard. It was really hard. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the boys came at 28 weeks, which is just, it's kind of that. They had said to us, the doctors had said to us, try to get to 28 weeks. Before 28 weeks, there's so many complications. Beyond 28 weeks, things are a little bit easier to handle. Beyond 30 weeks, they're a lot easier to handle. Beyond 34, you know, every single day counts. And um, the boys arrived 28 days, 28 weeks plus one day. 
9th of May. Wow. Yeah. That's fair play, Liz. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't think I realise what, what we've been through <laughs> in a way yet, you know? Yeah. Um, because then we spent 13-ish weeks in ICU, HDU, high dependency, um, in the coom. Up and down, feeding the boys, um, having them in an incubator. Um, they weren't sick, but they were just small. Mm-hmm. But it was a very difficult environment to be in. Um, what, the ICU? Yes. Yes, because it's intensive care. So your boys... What does ICU stand for? Intensive care, care unit. unit. Yeah, well <laughs> done. Yeah, you caught yourself in time. Yeah, it's all right. Um, have a sip of that tea. Yeah. Are you sure you don't want a coffee? <laughs> um, so yeah, so they... You're just surrounded by like intensively critical babies. Now, our babies weren't... Um, they were They were there because they were so young and so tiny. Jules was 990 grams and Zach was one kilo. So... Um, they were small, but they didn't have any complications. Lots of babies in there had complications. Lots of babies didn't survive. So you're surrounded by that all the time. And then you've had your baby. You don't hold your babies. Mm. They're attached to monitors. All of that. So it's just Oof. a bit shitty. It's not the natural way that Yogi Liz would have loved to have had her babies, you know. The fa- um, I, I am such... Um, <laughs> I, I have been known to... Uh, not be a fan of Western medicine, but mm. because of my own experiences. But thank God for Western medicine yeah. in this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In this circumstance, totally, because no, you know, birthing pool, um, hypnobirthing, like natural way would have got them, would have you know enabled them to survive. Mm. However, it's that connection I think to yoga and the breath and all of that all of the practices that got me through that has me here mm. you know pretty much doing okay mm-hmm. um the five weeks that i spent in hospital on my own was probably an incredible it was incredible learning for me because i never had massive trauma in my life thankfully i've had you know obviously i've had grandparents die and heartbreak from relationships and things like that but i've never really had you know a massive trauma and i've always wondered to myself you know I always pipe on about how wonderful yoga and meditation is and how running and how therapeutic it is and how it's so important to, you know, care for your body and mind yourself and self-care, blah, blah, blah. But that's all fine and dandy when you're living, you know, a pretty privileged life. And I always wondered, would I, would this still stand to me when mm. the going got tough and the going got really tough and it, over and above, it, it was, it saved my life. So my practices had to change. So I couldn't go and do my, you know, morning practice or my morning run I'd but I would get up and I would shower and I would leave the hospital and take a walk um and it was a slow short walk but that was my yoga that was my running Mm. um and I replaced you know I had did a lot of meditation that I wouldn't usually have done because I had nothing else to do you know it was like I can't exercise so I need to to find some other way to to calm Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot of guided meditations and a lot of yoga nidras and uh, a lot of breath work, did a lot of reading on hypnobirthing, a lot mm. of positive affirmations, a lot of visualization, uh, a lot of journaling. Um, all of that was part of a daily routine that I created for myself mm-hmm. when I was in there. I think oh. I think sometimes <laughs> people think of meditation as you got to sit cross-legged and sitting down and, and and that puts people off because people find it hard to sit. But you could, 
I mean, if everyone has ever tried a walking meditation mm. where I, I did, I won't go into why I did it because, um, just because it's very personal and just it involves someone else. So I'm not going to go into why I went through this walking meditation phase. But um, I remember walking down the beach. Um, I think I was in somewhere down the countryside in Ireland. And, you know, every step I took, I would look at my foot. And, and just place it down as if like I was placing like like the first man on the moon or something, oh, yeah. you know? And and also looking at the sky, looking at the clouds, looking at the birds, listening, hearing the birds as if it's the first time I've ever heard them. And that was, and this, it was someone else who taught me this, this walking meditation. And uh, you, so you can, you can meditate in loads of different ways. Yeah. But, and, and it makes a huge difference. But as you said, I think that, Sometime, and I was chatting to Mandalay Kuhn a couple of weeks ago about this, how I'm so kind of preoccupied with the physical side of yoga that I realize one day I, or I, a, circumstance, a circumstance may happen in my life where I can't use my body yeah. or perhaps one day I'll become immobile. You know, as, <clears throat> and therefore, that's why it's so important to develop the other side of the practice. Absolutely. Um, and so it's great that that, really yeah. help, helped you yeah it was it was it was it really was because I have always been more asana focused mm-hmm. um and I used to say like imagine if like imagine if something happened like I broke my leg <laughs> or you know I never thought like healthy Liz would be on bed rest you yeah. know at 23 weeks of pregnancy um and it was like I was I've worked through quite a lot of anger um because I was so angry that I didn't get to have the pregnancy that most of most of the people do. I was so angry that everything I've done, everything positive that I've done for my body, all the kale I've eaten, you know, <laughs> um, didn't make a difference, you know. Yeah. Um, but it does make a difference. It makes a difference to my head and my heart. But I think it was a big learning curve as well in that we can get really obsessed with, like, you know, living well and the wellness world and, and you know, you know, having x is so bad for you you know and the more kale you have and the more this you have the better per like it's it's bullshit mm-hmm. like you know it's it, it it's a huge industry that we've been sold yeah and, that's um, interesting yeah. it's funny you say that because i've realized and actually my my girlfriend rachel she's helped me to realize this that i uh, have in the past been interested in the outcome of everything Mm. like if i eat this i'll be like this if i do this i'll be like this um and that is attachment to the outcome yeah Uh, instead of say for example it sounds superficial but eating kale are you eating kale because you think it puts you in a certain tribe or and and it's going to give you a six-pack or whatever or are you eating kale because you have a body you should be grateful that you have a body and you should you should really look after it yeah. and to eat kale for the simple joy of being able to eat and enjoy yeah. kale yeah <laughs> and for the real true properties of whatever kale you know does for you it's okay to say i you know i'm, I'm having it because it's going to do this for my liver and that for my whatever my blood mm. um but yeah totally we're all very mm. much attached to the outcome and to and it's all that you know the the Instagram, the photographs, the mm. the way we should be living. Everyone's so quick to tell us how we should be living. And mm. um, I guess this whole journey, this, you know, for want of another word, um, this whole experience has just shown me that we've, like, none of us have a clue what's around the corner. 
none of us um but it has made me really grateful for the awareness of self-care and the awareness that you know if you work on that every single day even when the going is good Mm -hmm. so that when the going gets tough that your practices are strong enough for you to fall back on you know yeah yeah. Um, but but also um there is i read an article about this i mean you can read articles about cancer that will tell you x y and z and what the cause is but pretty much it was saying that most cancers there's nothing you can do about that you it's just genetic or hereditary and but again i i don't i'm i am changing my philosophies now and i'm eating so well i'm very rarely eat out for a start Mm. i I cook myself a lot um i've actually stopped drinking coffee as well and uh, i started drinking nettle tea and i just got a (laughs) a water distiller distillation machine that came uh, just in the post today actually and I'm doing this because I, I feel more centered when mm. I, this way when I, I feel better and more in in touch with myself I suppose that's a really good reason yeah not just not and that's another thing why I, I've I've stopped um, I've really reduced my usage of, of social media I I like for example sharing loads of stuff on stories I've decided to I was at a wedding two weeks ago and I looked really smart. I was the groomsman and my missus looked really pretty and she like she looked and it's the first time we've been out together on a night out. And I mean we've been going out for over a year. Yeah, it's the first time we've because I don't drink alcohol yeah. anymore. But that night it was my best mate getting married and I said, Do you know what? I'm gonna have a couple of beers, whatever. And um so it did that and I remember thinking, Do I bring my camera with me? And and actually I ended up saying no, I'm not going to take a picture of this moment. Although part of me was like, I wish I had a picture oh, yeah. of me and her together, look, dressed up. But then the other part of me thought, no, I'm going to draw a line now. I'm going to actually say to myself, there's a, a kind of a line of the demarcation between social media for what yoga and my personal stuff. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's going to be non-stop. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong. I, I mean, I wear... I'm probably going to get a dog, for example, and it'd be very hard for me not to share pictures of mm. a dog because you want to share pictures of things you love, don't yeah, you? Yeah, of course. Um, but I just, I just found that I've just made a conscious decision to not document everything and to, um, to yeah, just to kind of have a bit more yeah, to balance. a boundary. A boundary. I think it's hard. Is that's the word. I think it's really hard because, like, you want to be authentic and you want to be you and you want to share mm. your life and your experiences to help others and to motivate other people to you know take the yoga road and to you know that's what the whole point of it is isn't it really Mm. well for me certainly so it's hard to just then cut off the fact that I have a husband two babies that I've you know family and friends that Mm. I do other things with but there is again there's you know you can create balance Mm. I think um oversharing is definitely it's there's a lot of that <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, i'm gonna um like i i'm gonna document this water distillation machine i know it sounds very boring i won't watch that story <laughs> <laughs> thank you i just won't but, <laughs> but you'd be you might be amazed well, how, maybe I how, will. how it works maybe I will. Uh, yeah because uh but um um yeah so but i know, I know what you're saying i mean like getting more more encouraging more people to yoga and and to um to kind of, I suppose, share share knowledge, yeah. as it were. What what's your so what's now that you've had children? Um, I mean, I suppose we should talk about <laughs> what your 
Like obviously you're going to be a mother now for yeah. uh, for a while, a full time. I think I think I have to be a mother forever now. Is that it? Apparently so. I, I was thinking six weeks, but no. Apparently it goes for a while, and then I was like, okay, like I'll push it to do they go to school or eighteen even? No, forever. Yeah. Once they're alive, I'm a mom. And even I think if you know, God forbid. Anyway, let's not no, go there. No, right. no, come on now. All right, come right, on. Right, so, so, but I'm mean, saying you know, you're a full time mother, so, as it yeah. were. But are you are you going to go and teach spin oh, yoga yes, again? Yes, yes. Yes, definitely. Even just um, the boys are whatever, 14 weeks old now. Um, I always kind of knew that I would not want to be a stay at home, full time, stay at home mom um, forever and ever. But I certainly do um, want for the next few months for sure. You don't really have an option when you have twins in a way, I don't think. Um, But I just want to be here. Um, I want Mm. to be here. I want to I want to just be here with them and mind them and watch them grow and do all that stuff but I always want to remain connected to that other side of me which I am doing doing this feels like I'm working (laughs) you know in a way I'm staying connected and that's why I was thrilled when he reached out and I taught a class at the happy pair last month I'm doing bio one of the wellness events next month yeah I'm going to go back to Little Bird and do a few yoga suppers before the end of the year, some corporate work. So I still have my my fingers in some pies mm. um, because that was, that's what makes me happy. And I am a mom. And at the moment, it is probably my most important role. And maybe it'll be the most important role I'll ever um, have. But I also, you know, I'm also me and mm-hmm. I want to stay connected to that. And that brings me joy. And a happy mommy is, you know, is really important for Jules and Zach. But, um, but also, also, Liz, um, there is seems to be a huge need for uh, people who are mothers sharing their experience. This is what I've I've noticed. Like I've seen people on Instagram, for example, who are they they essentially their job is obviously as a mother. That's a, and that's a very I mean that is the most important job to be a parent. Um, but then they share like advice, tips, yeah. stories on yeah. what it's like to be a mother, yeah, yeah. and I think that that could be value because you're you're a very good speaker anyway, and you. you could, you know, almost diversify. With, yeah. Into that, couldn't you? Totally. Is that something that interests you? Yeah, and I mean, I've been doing quite a lot of Instagram throughout this whole journey, and um, but with respect to the fact that not everybody that follows me or that comes to my classes or whatever are parents so I need to remain you know respectful of 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 them too because you know mm. I don't want to take a complete u-turn either so what yeah. I try to do is um you know this difficult road that we've been on talking about it from the difficult road that I've been on as a, as a mother but also this is no different to you know if you don't have children and you know you're going through a difficult time it's the the tools that I'm using to help me can help anyone if they've you know they're going through a difficult time in their relationships or with work or in their personal you know it can be um what i'm trying to share is 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 that you know you can get through it no matter what and mm-hmm. i think i think i'm naturally probably going to take more of a I mean, I definitely would like to teach pregnancy yoga. I definitely would like to do something for that fourth trimester that nobody talks about the weeks after the baby comes home. I'd like to help mums in that um, in that time. How, I don't know. Um, 
I'm sharing a lot on Instagram about the difficulties that I have. I haven't shared everything yet because I think when you're in it, sometimes I'm, like I'm in the difficulties at the moment. And to be honest, it's a little bit raw to be sharing it on Instagram. Yeah. And I know it's important to share and be authentic, but people don't need my snots and tears just <laughs> yet. Um, but no, I want to use this experience in a positive way. Yeah. Without um, sounding cliche, but I do. I want to kind of help people and I know already I have because I know that um, there's lots of people who've gone through who've had premi premi babies um, who've had what happened to me happen to them um, um, and I've helped them and I think that's really important yeah. and it makes you you know going back to what we were saying about earlier about social media like it is such a pain but it, it has just given me nothing but strength in the last mm. you know four months I can't even every time I talk about it, I get emotional because of the outpour it's you know the amount of people who reached out that I've never met I've never encountered never had any contact with um sending me messages sending me presents to the hospital you know cards wow. oh my God. um you know just small gestures of you know you're okay you're gonna be okay you know here's a bar of chocolate and a magazine and a card and you're gonna get through this kind of thing you know and it, it's it's incredible and it makes you feel really just I suppose it gives you that faith that you know humans are are pretty amazing at the end of the day mostly I think I think and that's an excellent point what I'm saying about social media is that like um to as you said to have boundaries yeah but and you and I have found it to be a brilliant tool and just to remember that is that it is a tool and it's been unbelievably it's changed everything for me mm. completely i mean retreats workshops all that kind of stuff like creating a community and for the podcast as well um because it's ironic really that technology gives us so much freedom but at the same time, it can really isolate us because mm. we don't necessarily need other people. That's what I really like about this podcast because there might be someone listening to this in their car right now. And I'm sure they have times where they feel isolated. They feel alone. And I reckon this is particularly true. And this is an assumption now. So yeah. tell me if I'm wrong for people that are women that have just had a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, because what whatever you want to believe but from what i've studied once upon a time in hunter gatherer societies we they say like it takes a village to raise yes. a child so even when i lived in korea um two generations before that for example they would um the whole family would raise the child and mm. even um they would sh breastfeeding would be shared as oh my well. god uh, yeah it was, now, hopefully, hopefully there's no oh, Koreans going to but um, that would be so handy. <laughs> <laughs> but but thing th th now, um, this is kind of anecdotal, uh, yeah. as it were, um, because I lived there for two years. But I didn't the, know that. Oh uh, yeah, and and also as well, the, how it worked in Korea is the parents would go to work, and they would normally have like quite demanding jobs and the grandparents would raise the children yeah, okay. and they'd either all live together yeah. or they live very close but it was the exact same way for my grandparents they all lived in the same house yeah. you lived in the house with your grand with your parents and your children and that is being lost now yeah. because we're all moving away yeah, totally. because we're allowed to move away because we have technology mm. we don't need to work in the same town that we mm. um yeah, living system true. working but um but i really do think what you're doing and w what you have the potential to do especially with the public speaking mm. that's a whole new um 
area that can really yeah. help people. Yeah, I think so. And I hope I hope I can leverage it and, and do it the right way. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean... When you when you raised when you were like pregnant and then you had your children, were you like do you read books and stuff? How does it? Because I I would like to be a father. <laughs> As in, how do you do it? Yeah, I I like I'm like I'm 38 very soon, and I was yeah. thinking, if I have a if I'm a father, I was thinking I've got grey hairs on the sides and stuff. If I'm a father <laughs> by 40, let's say, let's say if you know, when I'm when they're 20 I'll be 60 I know when I'm 70 they'll be 30 me too and I I'm, I'm thinking I better get a crack on yeah get a I think on. though I think though like 60s and 70s and they're, they're, that's, they're the new, this, that's the new 40s it's totally the new 40s <laughs> that's what I'm telling myself as a almost 40 year old mom yeah no you, you can't think like that you, you just can't because you just don't know what's around the corner and if you start doing that sure you'll just go mad you will you know oh if I'm no I can't. I did, mm-hmm. and I would freak out. And Seb is older than me, my husband, and so, like, he's forty-seven. So he'll be sixty-seven when the babies are twenty. He'll mm-hmm. be oh, sorry, he'll mm-hmm. be sixty-seven when the babies are twenty. All of that, like, no, 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 can't even go there. Don't even, don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. There are no books, and it's a complete shitstorm. There are no books. No, there are no <laughs> books. Like, there's a thousand gazillion tr- trillion books, but they're really, it's, it's. I didn't read any books because everything happened so quickly for us and we were always back like we were always on the back foot we were always like okay water's broke we didn't even have car seats to bring our babies home it's like the the most essential thing um <laughs> okay. our nursery i mean it's an absolute disaster up there there's no wardrobes in the nursery even like everything we've done you know we've kind of we just didn't get the chance to to have that third trimester where everyone gets prepared and nests and all that. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask, but and I probably would have read a lot of books and now I can see it even with the breastfeeding um you know and, and everything that's going on for us I we don't really know it's like do babies nap? Do babies do this? Like how much should they have? How fat should they get? And you know all of this. But I think that um there's there's lots and lots of books out there, but I think that from what I can see your baby is unique to unique it's a little human i mean they don't do a hell of a lot at the moment <laughs> but they have their own character they have their own needs their desires and ultimately all they need to do is to be fed and loved at the moment mm. and everything else is just someone else's opinion on how it worked for them and there's always like well mm. you do it this way but your babies were premature and they're twins and um you know they're boys, they're so whatever. Many, the variables can change exactly. so much, can't they? So, I mean, but then what you know, once upon a time, it was the mother would pass down, or the, the, the yeah, pass, and maybe that is why. So, are you saying that you're kind of more work, working more on your intuition or your instincts? I, I'm winging it. I try to make it a bit more poetic. Oh, no, I'm totally winging it, and I'm asking like all the other mammies around me, and like my mom is great, but she her last baby was born 34 years ago so things have changed a bit you know um and also like the way we parent is different now as well um so i'm asking all the other mammies who are around me all my friends and stuff who are super inspirational and they give me their ideas but yeah ultimately you're doing it on your own instinct you're saying mm-hmm. to yourself you know what Jules is asleep right now i'm not going to wake him up um zach looks a bit unhappy there i think i'll try and I don't know burp and whatever um I think you need to trust yourself and it's very difficult to do that as a new 
mum and a new dad really difficult because you haven't a clue and these babies are totally reliant on you and it's really freaking overwhelming and mm. it's really really tough and I remember having a conversation with friends of mine the week before and the babies came saying oh I'm just so sick of listening to parents saying it's tough like I mean how tough can it be whatever and now I'm now I'm learning because it's emotionally incredibly difficult you're sleep deprived you don't know what these two little babies need and your life has changed irreversibly you you you've got really dark moments um and I've been really honest when I say that just really dark moments where you can't soothe them you haven't had much sleep it's the middle of the night um and it's just it's all it's just all consuming um it's very early days for me like even though the boys were born the 9th of may they're really only three weeks old three four weeks old so people say that the first six weeks are the hardest because you're just you're so overwhelmed with everything nothing has um nothing has any kind of rhythm or rhyme um there's no routine there's nothing you know if mm. you look online or ask any experts about sleeping they say don't even come to me before three six months these babies just kind of do and that's the other thing i i loved loved and hated about this whole experience is that i feel from the start these babies had their own idea of how things were going to work out and even when you're in icu the doctors and the nurses were unbelievable in the comb like incredible um but ultimately, a lot of the time, the answer was, we'll see what the babies decide because they decide, you know, mm. they do. And I don't think we give them as much credit. Um, obviously, their brains and everything, their organs and all that are quite immature, but their little spirits aren't. And they do. They, they decide. And I always remember thinking like, Zach, am I close enough? No, you could. Okay. Yeah, um, Jules was... Jesus is my the little boy the little boy I still find it really hard to go my son you know he's mad (laughs) Jules my son he um his it was his waters that broke so he was kind of always again on the back foot always kind of kind of weaker than Zach um and me and him would have conversations at night obviously one way but I would say to him you know baby I need you to do this for me you know mommy's struggling this week like I, I can't stay here much longer you know please will you just you know get get yourself together get your um Mm -hmm. get your lungs nice and strong so you can come home and I swear to god the amount of conversations I had with him about things and two or three days later something would turn around it Mm. was it was too much of a coincidence um so I believe that they Jules especially was listening to me and that they do have this like we, we have this connection from from way back yeah they say that your babies choose you so what do you mean that they're spirits that choose you so they choose their parents that's what they say yeah it's that it's that question of like you know if yeah, that's interesting they choose mm. their parents i want like how how their per, i wonder how their personality forms as well like how much do you think about how much influence you have over that i suppose oh my god yeah i that kind mm. of scares me sometimes too because i'm really conscious of I'm trying to be the best version of me yeah. um which doesn't always happen at three o'clock in the morning when they're screaming the house down and you're wrecked tired and trying to to look after them are you honestly gonna, are you going to do the, do the nanny thing the au pair no i don't know I, I don't know yet i think what we're going to do for the time being is manage it within their family you know between myself and Seb, my mom and dad my brother um and then when I go back to work, luckily, as you know, it's not going to be nine to five. So I'd say mum and dad will do a lot um, and we'll potentially get a doula, you know, to come in from time to time. We'll see, Kev. I don't, 
actually know yeah. how it's going to work when Seb goes back to work. Because um, it is full on. Hmm. But look, it's, I feel, today I'm really positive. I'm in a really good place. Um, and I feel like they are teaching me so much already. Yeah. They're teaching me so much already. They are, you know, the aspects of myself that I suppose I wouldn't necessarily be too proud of. They they <laughs> are challenging those aspects every single day. Mm. So I'm hoping that at the end of this or throughout this, you know, it's going to make me a better person. Um, and, you know, one activity you don't need to use your body for is podcasting. So yeah, when, when no, yeah. So I did that. When Joe's going to start? Done. Well, as I said to you no earlier pressure. on, yeah, this side of the, of, of 2019, I'm hoping, yeah. um, I have all my equipment, I have my space, I have my guests, I had it all ready to go the week my waters broke, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't to be. So I'm going to say autumn. Okay. Excellent. Autumn. Um, so Liz, what, what, where do people find you? <laughs> where will people find me? Apart Instagram. <laughs> so I'm down in Inchcore, but otherwise... <laughs> if you want to do um, some babysitting? Yeah, totally come. If you could come around 3am, 4am, that would be best. Um, I'm on Instagram, Liz Costigan Flurry and LizCostiganFlurry.com. Hmm. And you change, you've got a website now, haven't you? Yeah, LizCostiganFlurry.com. Flurry is spelled which way? F-L-E-U-R-Y. Yeah, cool. All right, Liz, um... Yeah. Sorry to cut it short, but I have two babies. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Kev. <laughs> oh, thanks, well thanks so much for listening, as always. Again, before I let you go, a little bit of housekeeping. The next workshop on August 31st is sold out. So you can join the waiting list. That's in Greystones, Handstand Workshop, Heels Overhead, August 31st. Um, you've joined the wait list. If someone drops out, then you'll be the first person to get called and you don't have to pay to, to join the waitlist. It's free. Another thing that's free is the Dan Morgan podcast, which we're going to do live in the Yoga Hub on September 7th. That's the following weekend. F tickets are free. Uh, there's about four, five maybe tickets left for that. So you can f yeah, find them on Eventbrite. The other thing is the Wicklow Mountains Retreat. Lo and behold, would you know that two people have cancelled? And it's on the 13th of December. So two people are out. That means we've got room for two more people to come and join us in the Wicklow Mountains for three days of retreating. Hot tubs, hikes, yoga, lovely, or fully catered, the whole kit and caboodle. And the last thing, the last event I have is uh, the Heels Overhead workshop in Sligo in Salt and Soul. I was there a few weeks ago and it's a really lovely studio out near the out near the sea man so um yeah so come along to that if you'd like all information can be found that's on the 14th of december all information can be found on my website which is kevinboyyoga.e and you just go to events and retreats and it's all there for you as always this web this website this podcast is brought to you by small changes my local organic whole food store i really believe that I've started to also distill my water, but that's another topic. Um, I'm going to talk about that another time. But I really believe that we need to, um, it's good for us to eat as organic as we can because our soil quality is depleting and therefore our food is depleting in, in its nutritional value. So eat organic when you can. Try to reduce your waste. I know it's not easy, but every little effort helps. If you get a chance to check out small changes, they're here in Drumcondra, Dublin 9. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it on IG stories. If uh, you like something in particular, let me know. If you've got any questions, let me know. And as, as always, if you leave a review on iTunes, um, <clears throat> five stars, then it really helps. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's it. Thanks so much, as always. And feel free to get in touch with me on Instagram, Kevin Boy Yoga. Have a good one. Look after yourself. Chat to you next week.